found in Psalms chapter 32, beginning with verse 1. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. The Word of God says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sins the Lord does not count against them, and in spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was fat as, as the heat of the summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all that faithful prayer to you while you will be found. Surely the rising of my waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by a bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many of our woes are the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in it. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad. Your righteousness sing all you who are upright in heart. This time I'd like to go to God in prayer. Nick, would you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Amen. You may be seated. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. David here is talking about the blessings of having forgiveness. Do you remember the day the Lord saved you? Amen. Wasn't that a great day? One of the greatest days of your life is when you turned your heart and your life over to God. But the day you were saved is simply the beginning, isn't it, of your Christian walk. It's not the end. The day that you were saved is when you decide that you are going to do your very best to continue in the likeness of God and be built upon the greatness of God. When Jesus was walking on the face of the earth. Do you know who gave him the most, most trouble and caused the most problems when Jesus was doing his work and healing and ministering? Do you know who it was? You think it was from the religious people or folks that were unreligious? It was from the religious folks, wasn't it? They questioned everything that Jesus did. They questioned his authority. They questioned his is he able to do such and such thing? Who is this man who gave him the right to say those type of things? I looked up the other day. As of now, it's probably more now after I looked these up, but I looked them up a few days ago. There is 4,200 religions in the world today. The religions take in over $95 billion annually. 75% of all Americans identify themselves as Christians. Inside of Christianity are all kinds of denominations, all kinds of beliefs, all kinds of things that folks say that you must do. I believe one of the things we have to watch out is Christianity can get us confused, can't it? We need to have, as a Christian, know what Christ wants from us. We don't need to be the ones that are questioning God and asking God for what ways we should go in our life. 
As Christians, we know that when we turn our heart and life over to, over to Christ, hope we get a big amen here, when you are saved, nobody can ever take that away from you. Amen? amen. Nobody can. You're saved and saved for sure. And Christ has come into your hearts and into your life. A religion can't take it away. Nobody else can take it away. Another man or another woman cannot take it away from you. Christianity has come into your life. You're now a Christian. You're Christ-like. And you're going to do everything in your ability to follow after Jesus. Over in Revelations 2.5 it says, Remember, consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. As Christians, we say that no one can ever take away your Christianity. Yet no one can take away that salvation. But I believe one of the things that we as Christians all have to do is we have to repent of our sins, don't we? When we do transgressions that are not pleasing in the eyes of God, when we are not doing it God's way, when we are trying to do it our way. David says that's an important part of our Christian walk. Every day when I pray, pray often during the day, but I make sure one time during the day that I pray this prayer. Dear Lord, if I've done anything wrong, if I've done anything to anyone, I ask forgiveness. You might say, well, Brother Paul, you're asking forgiveness of something you don't know you did? Yes, that's right. Because I want to make sure of something. I want to make sure that my heart and my life is where it needs to be with God. David says, as you go through this journey of being a Christian, and as you go through this journey of having Christ in your heart and in your life, that you need to have that repentance and it doesn't need to be something that weighs on you, but repenting to God needs to be something that gives you a blessing in your life. First of all, David says, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. It doesn't say, Blessed are the ones that never sin. Blessed are the ones that never have any shortcomings in their life. Blessed are the ones that live a perfect life. Do any of you know anybody that's perfect? I know some people that think they are, right? Amen. That think they're perfect, that they've never sinned, they've never done anything wrong. But what we find over in Romans 3.23, as, as Debbie shared this morning, it says, For all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean? That means in your life you are going to have times when you fall short of God's glory. You're not going to be perfect all the time. I know our, us as parents, we'd love for our kids to be perfect, wouldn't we? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great that they never did anything wrong? But we know, we know our kids are going to do things sometimes that breaks our heart. And we do things to God, don't we? That breaks His heart. Heart. But David says, blessed, uh, blessed is he whose transgressions are for, is forgiven, whose sin is covered. I love that analogy that Debbie used this morning with the eraser, how that you can erase your mistakes. I am so glad today to know that when I ask God forgiveness of my sin, it's gone, isn't it? It's not held against me 
any longer. God has covered that sin. God has covered and given me forgiveness in my life. Also, it says, blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit. What is so great about God is after we ask for that forgiveness in our life, it does not count against us anymore. It's not something that can be held against us anymore. Remember the story of the prodigal son. As he left and went out and spent all of his dad's, half of his dad's inheritance and lost everything and wondering what to do and was down to his last luck, living with the pigs and eating with the pigs. When he came back home, his dad forgave him of that sin that had happened to him and going out into the world and all the things that he did, all that his dad could do was rejoice because his son had come home. Folks, when you go out into sin and you do things that you shouldn't do in your life, isn't it wonderful to know that you can still go home to God? Amen? Amen. That you can still come back to Him and He will forgive you forgiveness in your life of all those things that you've done. Blessed are you because of that. Blessed are you knowing that you can come back to Christ and Christ covered those sins for you. And how did that happen? Jesus died upon that old rugged cross for you, didn't he? And everything that he went through was so, for, so that when you come to a point in your life where you have slipped away from God, when you fall in that backslidden state, when you're not doing it Christ's way, you have an opportunity to come back to Christ and ask Christ for that forgiveness. David also says, When I keep silent, my bones grow old through my groaning all the day long. Refusing to repent can cause us to lose our fire and our spirit. Sins, folks, I want to tell you something. Sins can weigh you down, can't they? They can change your demeanor. They can change your life. What One of the things that we do over at the office every once in a while, and you, everybody can do this. You can go over to the Barron County Jail website, and they have mug shots of people throughout the year. And I look at those, and you can look at a person the first time they were arrested for meth, how they looked. The next time, the next time, and the next time. There is some folks that I look at that you wouldn't even know who they were from the first time, of what that meth and that sin done to them. You might say, Brother Paul, I'm not using meth today. It's not heaven. I don't have that, that sin in my life. Well, let me tell you, all other sins that are, are out there in the world today, they will weigh upon you. I have seen people aged, haven't you all? I've seen people have heart problems, blood pressure problems, trying to cover up things and have it where nobody else sees their transgressions. Whereas nobody else sees their sins. And David just pretty much point blank says, it will cause our, our bones to grow old through my groaning all the day long. Over in Acts 3.19 it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Have you had that feeling when you've, had something weighing upon you, 
and it's been there for a while. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's a transgression that you've had in your life. Isn't it wonderful when that weight is lifted? Isn't it wonderful when you can let go of that and say, God has forgiven me. That doesn't mean everybody's going to forgive you, right? But praise be to God, the, the author of our faith is the one that will forgive you and give forgive you of that sin that you had in your heart and in your life. David says you need to do that. Don't hold on to that sin. Don't allow that sin to control your life. Also, it says, For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned to the drought of summer. We know that the Holy Spirit will work on us. Does Jesus, some folks say, I, when I used to work at life skills, Laurie McCarty will remember this back there, one of the questions that you ask folks is, do you hear voices? And I, a lot of folks would say, I don't want to answer that question. because They'll think I'll put me in a mental war. Well, I want to tell you something. I hear Jesus all the time in my head, don't you? Amen. Talking to me, that still small voice. And that Holy Spirit saying, Paul Mills, you're doing wrong. Paul Mills, you need to change what you're doing. You are not living as a Christian should live. You are not acting in a way a Christian should live. And we know Jesus can put a burden on your heart, can't he? Jesus can let you know that he is still in control. Jesus can let you know that you need to turn away from that sin that you have in your life. For day and night, it says, your hand was heavy upon me. Heavy upon me. Jesus is there looking at you and saying to you, this is what needs to change in your life to have that repentance in your life, to turn it over to Christ. And what is so great, one of the things I don't understand is, is when we turn things over to Christ, he always is going to what? Accept your prayer. Accept your plea. Why would you not? Why would you not turn it over to Christ and have that heavy hand to be lifted from you? Also, it says, I acknowledge my sin to you. And my iniquity I have not hidden, I said. I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sins. As Christians, we must cry out with our hearts. Over in 1 John 1, 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteous. He is faithful and he is just and he will forgive us of all of our sins. Today, folks, if you're having those sins in your life, if you're having those things that weigh you down, why, why don't you let go of it? Why don't you turn it over to Christ and say, Christ, this is what is going on in my life. This is what is weighing me down. This is what is causing me not to be the Christian that I should be. Make sure you remember what I said in the beginning of the sermon today. Nobody can ever take away your Christianity. Amen? But we as Christians can allow sin to come in. And we need to learn how to ask forgiveness of God and ask Christ to come into my heart and into my life 
and to forgive me of those sins. So today, the altar call. I, it, I'm, Sheila and I are able to watch some church services from time to time. Don't know how I can do it without Facebook and stuff. God just blessed us with something where I can do it. I don't know. But some churches, you know, don't have altar calls anymore. Can y'all believe that? No altar calls. I believe you always got to have an altar call. And the altar is always open. So the altar call today is this. If Christ has put a burden upon your heart, if he has said this is what you need to ask forgiveness of, we invite you to come and pray and ask for that forgiveness in your heart and in your life. And I promise you, if you pray and ask of God, you will receive that forgiveness. Maybe today's the day that you need to be saved. Wouldn't that be a great day for you to turn your heart and your life over to Christ? Wouldn't it be wonderful for us to be able to say that someone, someone else is going to heaven with us as well? Maybe today's the day that you decide that you would like to become a member here at the church. Whatever Christ lays upon your heart. Now today, if you come and kneel, the preacher will probably stand over top of you and pray, okay? But if you come today, we will do our very best to uplift you and turn it over to Christ. Come as we have our closing song this morning.